So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Hey, before you check out today's podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting Sportskeeda Wrestling's audio podcast feed. Wherever you're getting this podcast, thank you so, so much. Putting us on the charts in the United States, Canada, Great Britain, Ireland, Pakistan, India, and more countries around the world. Please hit us up on Twitter at SKWrestling underscore and let us know where you're listening from. Give us a screenshot and maybe we'll even shout it out on a future episode. Oh, and here we go. It is Friday night, roughly 11.05, 11.06 Eastern Standard Time. That means it's time for Smack Talk as we break down three hours of professional wrestling. Smackdown, AEW, Rampage. We got Dutch Mantel in the house. SP3, a late edition, wasn't supposed to be here, but he's here anyway. He enjoyed all three, sh- all three hours of wrestling tonight so much, he decided to come. <laughs> in here and talk about it tonight oh what is going on to everybody in the chat nigel and ricky and steven and mike and ozzy yeah we were about 30 seconds late ozzy just just chill just relax ozzy it's okay we're we're all good uh appreciate everybody who's tuning here on the sports kid wrestling youtube twitter facebook anywhere else that we're at dutch how we doing tonight good sir Uh oh dutch your mic is out dutch can't hear a word you're saying Oh, boy. We are off to a roaring start here tonight. <laughs> nope. Can't hear you at all. You, literally, your mic was good when I hit the open. What happened in 30 seconds? Oh, oh man. We're off to a great start. You good? I am doing great. I well. I'm doing better than I was at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern uh, after SmackDown. I'm doing a little bit better after watching what was a pretty decent episode of Rampage. Uh, had two really good matches and a good main event. Anybody hear me? Yes, we got you now. Oh, well, my, my earphone. Well, we're just going to have to do it off the damn phone because my earphones. And every time I order earphones, they work about a week. Then they're gone. So anyway, oh, this um, is what I. Oh God, that's an angle. Upside down. Okay. I'm all messed up. All right, let's <laughs> get- you're you're getting me all messed up. <laughs> I feel like Riddle right now. Like I feel like yeah, that's where I'm at. Upset me because I heard that uh, we we may be understaffed tonight. <laughs> and then we weren't. So I felt better for about 20 seconds to Rick badmouth me. Hey, you better take my name out of your mouth. 
Why did let I him, bad you? What you let him know, Dutch. Good. Pretty effectively. Uh, so what are we I was going to say, sound off in the chat because we can't decide which show we want to hop in on first. Sid wants to talk about Rampage, obviously. He wants he just wants to go ahead and dive right into Adam Cole and Ishii and then just pretty much just ignore everything that happened on SmackDown yeah. <laughs> the two hours prior to that. So if we want to start there, we can start there with AEW Rampage tonight, which I would agree with Sid, I do believe was the better show. Uh, this was the first time that I've uh, I've, I've been introduced to, to Ishii. I've made it quite known. I, I don't watch a whole lot of of new japan pro wrestling dude's a freaking tank I, I like i like him a lot i love the headbutt move that he does i thought this was a good match between himself and adam cole uh sid and then we got a little bit of help uh from jay lethal to kind of protect ishii in his first match uh in in aew and adam cole moves on in the uh, owen hart which was honestly the right move in my opinion i was happy to see o'reilly pick up the win on wednesday and now adam cole pick up the win tonight because the undisputed elite, they've been losing a lot lately, so it's nice to see him pick up a couple of wins. Yeah, Ishii, uh, he has one of my favorite no-sell moves in the business today when he just starts no-selling forearms. And the look on his face, his facial expressions are great. For someone who just speaks Japanese and can't speak English, he gets a lot across with his eyes and his facial expressions. So like when Adam Cole started slapping him in the head and he just had this, this face like, are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? And he started getting up when he was getting the forearms in and he's just moving forward into the forearms, like going into it. It was like a, a way to like absorb it. It was like he was, he had the block button in every WWE d uh, video game and it didn't matter what Adam Cole was throwing at him. He didn't even feel it. So yeah, this was a good matchup. You, I, I like both guys footwork. The counters were very good. I just wish the match would have went longer, honestly. And I like switchblade Jay White, you know, helping out Adam Cole get the victory here. So I like Adam Cole moving on into the Owen Hart um, Memorial Cup. And I agree with you as well, Rick, that th this was a needed win for Cole after last week. Yeah, I said uh, I said Jay Lethal. Uh, I meant Jay White, obviously. So thank you, uh, Linda, for for bringing up my my misstep there. Sometimes I'm writing notes so damn fast. I just <clears throat> write stuff down and I get things wrong. I'm not uh, I'm not perfect like Dutch Mantel. Dutch, what did you think of the opener tonight? Well, I heard Jay Lethal too, and I didn't correct you. I should have jumped all over you right then, but I didn't. Yep, out of I my pessimism. But uh, good match. And I, I'm like you, Rick. I don't follow <coughs> all Japan. Is it all Japan that guys with? New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan, okay. And I never could tell the difference between them anyway. It was just a Japanese promotion. Even back in the day when I used to go over there, I didn't care. But uh, good match. And it went probably, what, 12? Probably went more than that with the break. Yeah, so, and I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if it went longer because I heard they cut some time off of uh, – uh, Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston uh, as well, which did get a lot of time on the show tonight. So uh, it sounds like a couple of these matches might have run over tonight. And I guess that's the beauty thing of doing a tape show is you can do the picture in picture for 90 seconds and then run a 30 second spot. And then, boom, you can just cut to the next point in the match and 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 call it a time. So they they do like to cheat a little bit with that. So I do agree with you. I thought I was expecting this match to go a little bit longer, Sid, and it very well might have. But again, when you have a our show on a hard out you got to do what you got to do they did cram a lot into this show tonight too a lot of backstage segments a lot of action in the ring 
definitely utilize the 60 minutes they had tonight. Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed this opener regardless for, you know, I'm someone that is familiar with Ishii and I've been telling people for for years that he's one of the best workers in the business today. And his footwork, his footwork is just impeccable for someone his size. That's a big meaty man. So you just expect him to have these hard hitting matches. But his footwork, if you really watch him in the ring, is one of the best in the business today. So I really like this match. This is actually a second match in AEW. He won a tag match, I believe with orange cassidy against butcher and the blade just uh i believe at the end of last year or beginning of this year and this was a good showcase for him for anybody that doesn't know him they showed he showed that he can have a very good match against another great worker in adam cole and i like the whole cole white kind of combination and it fits in very well with the news from wednesday that we're getting the aew new japan super show forbidden door on june 26th Am I the only one who immediately saw Ishii wrestle tonight and go, damn, I want to see him mix it up with Samoa Joe? Like that, 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 that is one of my dream matches. Check out wrestletalk.com. I did a, a predicting the matches for Forbidden Door, and spoiler alert, that was one of them. Oh, uh, fair enough. Dutch, I think your mic went out again. It did not go out. Okay, there you go. Good, good, good. See what, how he's trying to stir up the crap? <laughs> Folks, I hate China. That's where these little things come from. And they don't work worth a crap. So if you have to buy one, make sure it's American made. It's the shits. Every time I get one, it will last about 30 minutes. And then, eh. So I wish I could speak Japanese so I could cuss right now. Like, what's his name? What was his name, Sid? Ishii. <laughs> the Japanese guy. Oh, I, I, can guys just, I can just hear the news writers at SK going, all right, Dutch Mantel says he hates China. Last week he said that you're gonna you're gonna have to buy Liv Morgan with the whip. <laughs> and this week he says that he doesn't he, he doesn't like China because make anything. Nobody said anything. Well, we won't go back there because Rick got embarrassed. So, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. We're we're nine minutes in. We're already off the rails. Um, I love this. Rick, say say that again. Why did did Jay White show up? Is he affiliated with uh, Adam Cole now? Well, I can give you some of the the backstory. Jay White, basically, he was a part, he's a part of the Bullet Club. He's the leader of the Bullet Club. And Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were also a part of the Bullet Club. But Jay White basically was behind them getting kicked out of the Bullet Club. So Adam Cole, when he came to AEW and he joined up with the Elite, once Kenny Omega was going away to, you know, recover from his injuries, he's like, I got you. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of the bugs. I'm going to take care of everything. And since Kenny, Omega's been gone. He's brought in Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, and now he's brought in a man that is responsible for Kenny Omega getting kicked out of the Bullet Club in Jay White. So that's their friendship has kind of formed since Jay White has come to AEW. So Kenny Omega, it, it, where is he? Is he hurt? Yeah, that's the one we were telling you last week. He had vertigo. He had an injured neck, injured shoulders. He was basically on like life support for his final for his run as aew world champion 
he was putting on five star classics being held together by stucco and duct tape basically um and yeah now he's out getting pretty much everything fixed uh he had what shoulder surgery he's had he's, he's got to have everything done pretty much he had to have hernia, hernia surgery um yeah he's, he's well, how, long is he, how long has he been in business Question. 10 years. Kenny, Kenny Omega has been in the business for about, I want to say 17, 16 years. Okay. And I never heard a word about that guy about two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Independent circuit says he started about 20, 2001. 20 years, 20 years plus. So yeah, yeah there you 20, go. 20 years plus according. That's according to Wikipedia. Anyway, I was thinking about this today. How many matches, how many times did he go to Japan? Would he go once a month, once every six weeks? No, he, he actually moved out there and lived out there. He like he did they run a that? full schedule? How many matches they have a week there or a month? Uh, they have they have a bunch of matches. Like New Japan will do like tours where they have like twenty shows in in like a month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamar asking, how long is Kenny going to be out? Uh, you don't really have an update. Or they've never really given us like a timeline of when we expect uh, Kenny uh, Omega to come back. All I know is I hope uh, that he's back by uh, Forbidden Door on, what was that, July 26th? I believe that was the day that they set for that show. Because if anybody deserves to take part in that show, uh, it is him uh, for sure. We appreciate everybody who is in in the chat. Get your comments in. If you want to guarantee that you get your comment out there, you can give us a super chat, uh, by the way. We always appreciate that. Uh, Sid, I love what I saw at the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. That was one of the uh, the, the better uh, backstage segments of the night, I thought, with Jericho running into the uh, to the security guard. And then they're screaming about HR as they're getting let out the door and then Daniel Garcia had to stand on their own tonight. And I thought he and Eddie Kingston, it was a little more of a slower paced match than what we see out of Daniel Garcia. But I thought this was a really good match. There was about 10 minutes of it that was cut out reportedly. Um, and yeah, Eddie Kingston gets a, gets a win here. And I loved at the end where he's getting ready to whip him. And he just said, no, 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 no. This is the message. Send it on over to your boss. I thought that was, I thought all of that really, really worked tonight. That was my match of the night. I really enjoyed Cole versus Ishii, but Kingston and De Garcia just beat the dog crap out of each other. Like they were chopping each other, hitting each other in the face. It felt like an intense scrap. That's the best way to describe that matchup. It was a scrap, and Eddie Kingston is always the best when it comes to a scrap, representing New York as only he can and getting the win with the with the uh, spinning back fist of the future. I love love that match and love the finish as well with Kingston dropping him, dropping uh, Garcia on his head and then hitting the spinning back fist. That's really good stuff, and I want to see more of Kingston versus Garcia because it's their second match that they had on Rampage, and I've loved both of them. I love the sell of the spinning back fist as well. Cause it's like Daniel Garcia just like watch some, some MMA fights or some, some boxing matches is like, cause boom, you get hit. Just whole body just goes limps and, and falls down to the ground. So I loved everything about this uh, setup tonight. Dutch. What did you think? Well, you, you mentioned the pace of it Well, the pace can only be as fast as Eddie can go. Sure. Cause he sets the pace. And since they had 10 minutes to go or how, how much long, how much time they had, you know, Eddie had to pace himself. I love Eddie Kingston. I had him, I worked with him in TNA. 
first thing I noticed about him, he's, he's a great talker. I mean, but me going through all that stuff there, I tried to get him a bigger, bigger push, but it was like arguing with the wall. So why do you think that was? Eventually, I don't know because I have no idea. There was several of the guys who, and they liked him. I didn't say they didn't like him. They didn't want to get behind him. <clears throat> so, and they gave him a push right out of the company. So, <laughs> so when I started liking him, oh, get him out. So, but uh, I ran into him there, liked him there, liked him tonight. I think he might need to push himself away from that dinner table just a little bit. So, how old is Eddie? Oh, man, you, you were making him work the Google machine a lot tonight. Let's see. Well, just guess. 40. He is 40 years old. Okay. Sid, you agree with that? Yeah, he's 40. He's okay. 40 years old. Yes, yes, <laughs> right, yes. Right, I've seen sorry. I've seen Eddie Kingston on the Independence for pretty much since I started going to the Independence. So, yeah. Well, they had a good match and a good finish. Yes, again, I'm very, I'm, very. And Garcia didn't get hurt by this. All uh, right. SP3, this is the moment we've been waiting for. Hook speaks. <laughs> Hook speaks for the first time tonight. People have been lining up in the chat to talk about this. This was my segment of the night. It was so quick, in and out and done. Hook's getting interviewed backstage. They walk around a corner. I don't know why they were walking around that corner because it was a total dead end. But regardless, uh, you see Dan Housen standing there, and he has just stomped over two big bags of potato chips, and he screams out, ah, what are you going to do now without your powerful chips or whatever the hell it was? But then all of a sudden, Hook just gets in his face like he just smacked his mother and said, now you have my attention. That's all Dan Housen had to do was take out the chips. Don't touch the chips. That's where his, he said it, you know, two weeks ago that that's his source of power. So I don't understand what Dan Housen was thinking. I know Dan Housen wants a fight with Hook, but these guys just have this weird type of chemistry together and it just works. And it just is getting people excited on social media because they're two social media icons when it comes to AEW. These yep. are two people that people on Twitter and all the social media just love and them together has just led to everybody going bonkers for this so this was about what a minute and a half and it Maybe was one of the that it was one of the best segments of the whole entire night and hook telling him that you got my attention now i'm ready for hook versus dan Housen, and then i'm ready for hook and dan Housen to potentially come a tag team after that yeah i'm just glad that like hook has a voice that is just as intimidating as he is because you know it's like when, when you don't hear somebody talk, you get a little bit nervous for about how they sound. And I think he sounds absolutely great. I thought the delivery of the line was great. It was very simple. And he got the message across very, very easily uh, tonight, Dutch. Uh, I love this. Obviously, uh, Sid loves this. These two guys just work together. They work really yeah, well. They, they, they got great chemistry. <clears throat> Whether that was planned or it just fell in place, it doesn't matter at this point because they're using them with each other and they, they actually bounce off each other. Great. So I was a little underwhelmed that he just said what he said. I would have built up to it a little more because that's what people were waiting on. 
Right. What's he going to say? But since he said something, now we know he can, he will say something. And now let's give him something good to say short, but give him something good to say. I, I liked it. And Dan Housen, I don't, you know, I, I, I'd seen him like, like Sid said on social media. Uh, he's got a great gimmick. And how well has it been defined? I don't, I don't think it's been very well defined in AEW. I mean, I get it because, you know, I follow social media and I saw Ring of Honor where they did do a good job of explaining the Dan housing gimmick. So I think that they need to kind of explain it and flesh it out more for like more of the casual viewers of AEW. So they get it. Uh, I know you can you can just say, oh, he's very nice, very evil, but you need the commentary to kind of fill in the blanks there. So hopefully they do that when we eventually get his debut matchup well and maybe what, that's against what, hook what was the story ring of honor you said ring of honor what was yeah. the story they had on him well, what was that story well basically they say he's like a carny clown and he's from like the that's why he oh, talks oh, that, in the, the talks in the way that he does <laughs> a carny clown that explains it oh i know exactly what that is um, <laughs> i know you do i'm, I'm, I'm great you're, i'm, you're great. Familiar, I'm you're great you're familiar with that you were, you worked in the circus, didn't you, Dutch? I did. I did. I did the rings, you know, the flying around stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I didn't do it long though. Because, big high flyer. You know, I know you were. Yeah. I took a big like a triple canopy backdrop and landed in the lion's den, and it kind of messed me up, scared me, and I, I, I had P PTSD from it and never could go back to the circus. Ah, so, so yeah, that's the story. See, and you want to see how unbiased I am. Hook spoke, but he did not have the best line of the night. The best line of the night came from another member there. of Team Taz. So I talk was getting about there. It. I was getting there uh, because that was absolutely that that killed, like literally almost killed me. I was taking a drink when I heard Ricky Starks call uh, Keith Lee and Swerve a broke ass Keenan and Kel. Uh, now that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was taking a drink and I almost choked and died like right there. Cause I started laughing so damn hard. That was damn. I don't know if he planned that, if that came off the top of his head, but Holy shit. Does it work? I mean, you just immediately see that. I like that. They're continuing this like the promo with Keith Lee and swerve. It was great, but nothing's going to beat. What, what Ricky what Ricky Starks dropped? Ricky Starks is just great at like ad libs, and you could tell that that was just off the top of the dome. But I did enjoy Swerve and Keith Lee, like when he when Swerve said, "You know, you done made him perturbed." He was like, "That's one of the big words you taught me last yeah. week, right?" <laughs> that was great. That was great. They they are playing off each other very well. I saw their match on AEW Dark, and there they got a double team move that's amazing. The Spirit Bomb into the double stomp that was great. So they're working well in the ring together. They're working well on the mic together. And I like that they're continuing their feud with Team Taz. It feels appropriate to continue this going on because they are playing off of each other very well. And just Ricky Starks is one of the best promo guys in AEW. And every time he speaks, he proves that. 
Yeah, and that's why he's kind of taken over that commentary role on Rampage as well, is because he's very, very good uh, at the at the talking. Very, very good at that. I am not. Uh, in between all of that, by the way, uh, Lance Archer murdered a man inside of uh, 60 seconds, which is pretty much exactly what they did last week with The Butcher. So again, they're setting up Lance Archer to look incredibly strong, which he is uh, going up against Wardlow on Wednesday. So it's kind of a rinse and repeat, but still... Give me a big man murdering a small man, and I'm 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 a happy guy. We we got to see that a couple of times tonight, Dutch. What was uh, where's Jake the Snake been all this time? He's been in and out. He was. Well, I haven't seen him since I've been oh for months since I've been watching Rampage. I haven't seen him. I mean, he he comes know. and goes. Honestly, he he comes and goes. They don't. He's not always there when Lance Archer's there. And they had Dan Lambert with Lance Archer for for a little bit as well. Um, so I mean, I I don't know exactly what his his deal is, but you know, whenever they need him, they they bring him in. He had a really entertaining uh, promo on. It was just on Wednesday uh, when they were setting everything up for this, where he's talking about taking the bag and you know, getting all this money from MJF and this, that, and the other thing. And then all of a sudden Lance Archer comes in and just smacks the money out of his hand. And he's like, we don't need that shit. And you just hear Jake. Go, oh. <laughs> it was just, it was a really good promo exchange. So he's, he's, he's there. You don't watch a whole lot of dynamite though. Right. Uh, you talking to me. Yes. I'm talking to you. You talk, you, yeah. you, you ta- I'm talking to you. You're ta- yeah. you talking to me. You're talking- You'd see him no, more I if don't... you watch a lot of dynamite. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't watch dynamite. I don't watch any more wrestling than I'm required to watch. That's because I can explain it because so my mind won't get, you know, poisoned. Like if I watch raw, I'd be poisoned. If I watch dynamite. So I keep, I keep my uh, wrestling addiction down to three hours a week. So when I give you my opinion, it's crystal clear, crystal pure. You are you're a professional. You are focused on this program. I'm a, yes, I am. I'm focused on this one, and talking to you guys and talking to the fans out there. So you believe that? Not a word. Uh, let's focus now uh, on, uh, <laughs> on on the uh, the main event tonight. Jade Cargill defeating Marina Shafir uh, with the TBS Championship on the line. Jade Cargill goes to thirty and zero, and and Sid. She gets better and better every week. She's getting more comfortable as a performer inside her matches. She's just starting to own the ring a little bit more. She's always been great. She's, she's got this great presence. She oozes star power. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, but you can see her in-ring work. She's getting more and more comfortable with it. I'm, I'm comfortable not calling her green at this point. Um, and she's really kind of playing to the crowd a little bit more, playing with the, the baddies on the outside, which I thought was a little bit of a nice addition. I didn't necessarily think they needed to attack Marina in this match because Jade doesn't need help, and I feel like that's a crutch constantly with AEW and their heels is to always have them get help. That was my biggest gripe uh, with uh, Dr. Britt Baker's run as the AEW Women's Champion, but... A lot of this work tonight. I thought this was the best that Marina looked uh, as well since coming over to AEW. So I'm not going to sit here and say it was the best thing I saw tonight, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this main event tonight. 
Yeah, it was a solid main event. Uh, two women that aren't that experienced in professional wrestling went out there and they played to their strengths. Uh, Jade Cargill, one of my biggest nitpicks about Jade Cargill's work was I felt like she was kind of thinking on the fly of what yeah. to do next in her matches. And you can see that she's kind of improved that in that I told I, I said I literally said it when I was nitpicking her. I said she needs to play to the crowd more and she's been doing that. So I, I enjoy the improvement there and marina shafir just stuck to what she knows she knows how to do the mma and the submission work she did that she was more of like trying to get her down on the mat and playing to her strengths so i think both ladies did well here and they gave us a solid main event matchup rough landing on the outside for marina by the way <laughs> on that on that table she landed right on top of the leg and it didn't break she just like bent the half down dutch what's the worst table spot you ever took well, the first one, I never <laughs> took another one. I said, screw it, because it didn't break. Mm. And yeah. I should have known it wouldn't break because it was like, a, a, it was brick. It was made out of bricks. And the guy said it was the same as a table, and I believed him. It almost killed me. Hey, was that Tony Storm there tonight? Yes. I didn't even hear her introduced, even in the interview. I guess she was, but. I didn't expect. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even said. know. I can't understand those guys. It's too many talking. I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna feature a person, at least take Tony Storm. At least drag it out. He said, "Oh, Tony Storm." Back, blah, blah, blah. See, he okay, this is fast. the this is the first time I've seen Tony Storm. I heard she was coming. And then all of a sudden they put her on the interview with Britt Baker and what's her name? Jamie Hader, yeah. Because all three of them and I, I I didn't like I didn't like the interview because I don't think nobody got over that interview at all. They just and she walked off half talking to herself. I didn't even know I don't even know the purpose of that. Well and I don't three, know who produced it, but they shouldn't have they shouldn't have let that go. They should have did it over or done something. Because I well, think that actually did more damage than it did good. Um, I don't, I don't know if I, I think AEW kind of just lets them do more of their own thing, uh, than especially more than, than WWE does, but I like this from Tony storm. I thought she sounded extremely confident putting over, you know, everything that she has done in her career. Uh, you know, she's only 25, she, 26. She, she only talked 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Thought that's all she needed. I don't know. I didn't hate this this backstage promo tonight. Sid? Well, I didn't hate it, but I don't think it was. I didn't think it was performed well. They could do. They could have done better than that. Is what I'm saying. Especially with Tony Storm, this being her. I haven't seen her in a match or anything. Has she had a match on yeah, Dynamite? Yeah, on Dynamite. Well, I don't watch Dynamite. <laughs> so this is so this is what you got to aim at the person who is not familiar with the show, you've got to take time to explain these people to me. And I wasn't the only one. I'm sure there's people that watch Rampage that don't watch Dynamite. And they may have been looking forward to her entry into AEW like I was. And all of a sudden she's standing there like a goof and just walking off the interview. 
I I enjoyed Jamie Hader uh, commenting and saying that she always leaves. That's her thing. Um, I did enjoy Tony kind of showing more confidence, but I get where Dutch is coming from. I've said this last week to to Rick when he said, oh, the the show needs two women's matches. No, it doesn't need two women's matches. It needs effort in the women's segments and the women's matches that they do. They did that by presenting the women in in the main event on this show so that was good but the interview segment i do agree with dutch they should have made that a little bit more of a focus slow it down just a little bit to let it let it marinate a little let it make an impact on this show so it's something memorable because honestly unless you guys would have mentioned it i probably would have forgot that segment like the lance archer serpentico match that you know that was effective for the amount of time that it was and it shouldn't have gone longer than that but this segment they should have let it breathe a little bit, like similar way to they let Swerve and Keith Lee breathe and let Ricky Starks respond to it. It had an impact on the show and it made a memorable, you know, line out of it. This one didn't. There wasn't really any memorable lines outside of Jamie Hader, pretty much under her breath. She didn't even say it into the microphone. Yeah. She always leaves. That's her thing. Like they don't they don't put the same effort in the women that they do with the men. And that's what I want from this women's so- division. So what did Jamie Hader say? She always leaves. That's her thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, if they'd have put more emphasis on that, now we know that she always leaves and that she did leave, but very underwhelming for a, for a first appearance for me. I mean, fans that are, that had watched dynamite and they're familiar that she's in a company. It may have worked, but you see, Rick, you need to take advice from this historian over here. He knows what he's talking about. I'm just trying to tell you. I, I will say they, they will use the time limit on Rampage as an excuse, right? Because it's like, well, we, Dan Housen and, and Hook was only 30 seconds long, and this was only 30 seconds long. But you'll notice, like, if they choose to slow something down on Rampage and choose to spotlight something on Rampage, more often than not, it's not the women's backstage segment. And I do agree with you. They do need to put more more consistent effort on it. At the same time, occasionally I would like to see two matches on Dynamite. That's all I'm saying. Occasionally I would like to see two women's matches on Dynamite. All you're gonna get is two three minute matches. Like you're you're it's the effort. We need more effort into the segments that they are giving it. Asking for two women's matches, Tony's just gonna be like, okay, here's two three minute matches. No, we need effort in what you're doing. Give us one match that's like 10 to 12 minutes long. Hopefully they give that amount of time to the Philadelphia street fight between Akarashita and Serena Deeb on Dynamite next week. And they give you other women's segment because this is the third segment with Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm where it went about less than a minute and it really didn't make an impact on the show. I need these segments to actually mean something and develop this feud in a certain way. And they really haven't built this match up, even though we know it's going to be the first round matchup in the Owen Hart Cup. John Castro with a question. Do y'all think the New Japan deal is going to make y'all buy the pay-per-view? I'm a huge wrestling fan for over 30 years, and I don't care for New Japan. Uh, Yeah, he's going to hang on to uh, his uh, 50 bucks or however much that pay-per-view is going to cost. And look, this has been a topic of conversation about whether or not this show is actually going to be a needle mover and grow the audience and this, that, and the other thing. Again, this this is something that Sid and I have uh, talked about on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. This is a massive service 
to the hardcore wrestling fans, the P1s in AEW, the fans that are who do watch New Japan Pro Wrestling like SP3 over here and are have these dream matches like Ishii against uh, Samoa Joe that we might be getting. And you know what? Yeah, it may not grow their audience. It may not bring in the casuals like Logan Paul at WrestleMania or Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. But you know what? Servicing the P1s every now and again, putting on a good show and some dream matches and rewarding them for constantly being your customers. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing whatsoever. And Tony Khan is really, really good at thanking his P1s. That's a radio term, by the way, P1s. I don't know if you all know that. That's your that's your prime. You no, we're, what is a P1? I was just going to ask you. You're talking I, about something. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's what it is. It's your. It's the you, one who are listen, with you, you all the listen, time, all listen, day, every day. Uh, no. You have to bring it down a level. P1. What the hell is a PF and 1? I'm saying, oh, yeah, I got to service those P1s. Yes. So we call that. That's those what your is a P1? Listeners. Those are your prime listeners. Those are oh, your, okay. or your, or your viewers. The ones who are constantly you, with you all you know, the time. What was the radio term? What was the other? What was the other term you used? A Y or something? No, I, I just said P one. Oh, okay. P one is the only radio well, industry term that I dropped there. Now, how many people you think listening to this knows what a P one is? Uh, everybody. Now that I explained it, all you know, all the dozens of people that are in this room right now. Everybody who watches every week. Okay. We we appreciate you guys. Okay, so I said last about- week. You know how you know how you get a sellout. You got all the P ones there. But you got everybody else there too. Right. The P1s are your base. That's your base, right? Yes. Okay. And then when you get a sellout, then all the people who are not P1s who come on big shows, that's how you get a sellout. I just thought I'd tell you that. Okay. He's not talking. He's not talking to me tonight, Sid, for some reason. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Sid, you were talking about effort. Well, we're going to have to put in a lot of effort because now we got two hours of SmackDown we got to get into tonight. And let us start off. Oh, man, I'm having technical difficulties, guys. <laughs> hey, yeah, my my, my internet's going out. Well, uh, well, all right, guys, that's it. That's the show. Uh, you know, have a wonderful weekend. You know, everything is great. Oh, yeah, right. well, you got screwed again. <laughs> all right, so let's open it up uh, with the uh, – the, the contract signing for the I quit match between uh, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Um, yeah, this, this was not a very good segment to, to open up the show tonight. Once again, Drew Gulak is uh, the, the he, he was a point. star. Yeah. I, I thought he was, he, he was a star. He was a star of the segment. Yeah. I think without Drew Gulak there, he, this would have been severely lacking of really any kind of entertainment value. Let me I, ask you this. Yes. A no, a, it's an I quit match. Uh-huh. And is, is there a referee in there? Yes. There, no? there is? Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm just I was just wondering, how could anybody say anything if there's nobody to hold a mic? They want to hold it themselves or what? Yeah, there, there was definitely that, like, there was some weird dialogue that was used here. Uh, I don't. I know Ronda Rousey spoke, but all I can hear is is Charlotte Flair going full like fifth grader, just saying, "I beat you at WrestleMania. I beat you at WrestleMania. I beat you at WrestleMania That's, they, over and over and they did, over they, again." They did that for a reason. They did that to cover for Ronda. She she's not very good at this. So Charlotte, they said, "See if you can cover up," and all she had to do was react to it. 
I, I mean, thought one, one. I don't know. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I, look, I I get the the purpose from the you know heel standpoint of things. That got a ton of heat with me because I wanted Charlotte to just shut the hell up every time that she. So spoke. Uh, wait a minute. So are you a P one? I watch WWE every week. So yes, I'm a. I, I'll, so I watch you, WWE you are... three days a week. Yes, I'm a P one. Okay, good. I just want to know. I just want to know the category you're in. So, but I do like Drew Go like being there because he was the star of it. And somebody just put up there. They expect him maybe to be the referee for it. I think not, he'll be the referee for some matches. That's not a bad idea. Look, I nope. I know there are people out there who are hating what they're doing with Drew Gulag SP3. But the fact that he's on TV and is being utilized and he's on a microphone, like it. it's a start, right? It's better than just sitting back and catering, right? You, you know you know what I would do with him? I would have him all of a sudden have a sudden surge of estrogen and relate to being a female and cross over transgender-wise and wrestle either one of them. And who who? Who could say that couldn't happen? Couldn't I think it's a pretty good idea myself. Couldn't we just do an intergender match? Do you have to go that? No, no, we got to do it. No, you can't have an intergender oh, no. match. You just got to have the transgender because they do it in swimming and have him wrestle one of them. He, wa he wants Drew Gulag to be Joanna Man. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean... Santino made a ton of money as Santina, so. <laughs> so it's been done before. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have been done look before. At, look, at a, be done. look at Andy Kaufman. Oh, where's he at? Who's that, Andy Kaufman? Yeah. He's in England. He's uh, in the UK. He's chilling so, on a beach with Elvis somewhere, right? And Tupac. No. <laughs> yep. Jerry, I bet you Jerry Lawler where he knows is. where Andy Kaufman is these days. Jerry Lawler, he does know where he is. He said he talks to him every now and then. I'm going to see Lawler next week. Yeah? What are you guys doing? Yep. And can't tell you. Oh. Big secret. Fair enough. We're in Atlanta. We're in Atlanta. So if I told you, then you'd know. Then I'd have to come and kill you. I just so. can't wait for the uh, headline tomorrow on sportskeeda.com Dutch uh, what they're what Dutch Mantel thinks they should do with Drew Gulak. I thought it's a great idea. I'm sure you I did. Mean, doesn't WWE doesn't WWE like to like stay on top of current events? Yeah. I'm sure Vince would love just, that idea. They just asked the they just asked the Supreme Court justice what is a woman, the woman who was the nominee for it. She couldn't answer the question. Men can have babies now, they say, right? I, I, Why I, you guys yeah. shying away from this? You little cowards. Nobody is saying nothing. <sighs> There's, Folks, if you're watching this, this is the first time I've seen Rick literally run away from something. So he might as well turn, I, his back, turn his back to all of us and say, oh, I'm not going to have a part of it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So one thing that I liked about this, but I also kind of didn't like about this segment was it was badass of Ronda Rousey to sign the contract while Drew Gulag was in the arm bar. But at the same time, like 
isn't Rhonda supposed to I'll, be the baby face? Like overly smiling Drew, baby face. Drew put her put his hands on her. And he yeah, gave her the pin. Yeah. 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 Okay. He yeah. voluntarily gave her the pin. I I I I mean I, I, I might I might be the contrarian here. I actually liked the opening segment. I thought it was the best promo exchange that Rhonda and Charlotte have yeah. had together because I, I mean, did the, like it. The bar is ridiculously low for that, but yeah. this was this was Rhonda. They kept it short and simple for her, which they should have. I think the only thing that they really messed up on was uh, you know Charlotte flipping over the table to get the Kendall stick, and it made you know Rhonda have to stay there, stand there for a little while. But I love commentary. Michael Cole mentioning that the Kendall stick is a central figure in their feud dating back to Survivor Series 2018 I like and I like I like Ronda basically one-upping on um on Charlotte, what Charlotte did last week in the big beat down to Drew McIntyre in half the time that it took Charlotte Flair to do what she did to Drew McIntyre, Ronda was able to take a pen from him, taunt him before she put on the arm bar, and then sign a contract as she made him say, I quit. So she was one upping him, which leads in nicely to next week when they do the beat the clock challenge. So I liked all of this, honestly. It was different. I did like it. So I think the beat the clock he, he, challenge. He's, he, he's speechless. Look at him. No, see right, the thing ahead, is the, the 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 beat the clock challenge next week. I know Aaliyah is one of the opponents in the beat the clock challenge. I forget who the other one uh, was. Shotzi. Shotzi. Okay, so yep, there we go. Two women that we haven't seen in quite some time. They're going to basically be enhancement talent next week uh, as they get obliterated by Ronda and Charlotte. So. This is why I tell you, you know, with Tony on EW, don't ask for two women's matches because they're going to give you three-minute matches. I'm going to tell you the same thing for WWE. Don't ask for these women to be on television because this is what they used to. <laughs> you wanted Aaliyah, you wanted Aaliyah and Shotzi on television? Well, you got it. Next yeah, week, well, you got it. And uh, Aaliyah uh, should be enhancement talent. Well, you okay. ain't never lied there, Dutch. Because she, she doesn't know what she's doing. I mean, you, how can you spend seven years being warehoused with these same people and go out there and look lost? Oh, Rick's not commenting again. The, He's thinking. Uh, come, I'll, on, I'll you, say, come on, Rick. You know, you know, Dutch is right here. Leah, Leah. You know, I never like to badmouth because they put their bodies on the line for our entertainment. But when it comes to skill level, Leah is at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the SmackDown women's roster. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I don't think there's any question about that. If you lined up every in-ring performer on the SmackDown roster, yes, Aaliyah would be the least talented of all of the women's wrestlers on the SmackDown roster. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Um, I will seven, say this. Seven, seven years. I will say this much. Uh, the promo ex using her, the way that they are using her when they are using her doesn't do her any damn favors either. Like this whole, oh, Ricochet, you're on fire. You got to shiver the blood. That is not a conversation that two coworkers have backstage. That's, that is not, that's not a conversation that two human beings have. Like they, they don't know how to script human beings talking to each other. They just don't. I agree. I mean, it's stilted and structured, and you can tell it's set up. Hey, but we're and getting it is Ricochet, set up. And Ricochet and Shanky 
next week for the Intercontinental Championship. Go Shanky. Yeah. <laughs> I think this will probably be his first <laughs> his first one-on-one match, if I'm not mistaken. It's going to end up being for the, the Intercontinental Championship. The, yeah, the Shanky Support Club will be out for that one. All right, Dutch, it's been uh, a few weeks now, now that we're kind of getting a, a, a wide brush picture of, of what they are doing with the artist formerly known as Pete Dunn. Uh, what is your impression of how they are booking Mr. Butch? I think he should have went over tonight to tell you the truth. If you want to establish him as kind of a badass, I mean, they do it for everybody else. I don't think it would have. And he had a good match. Hey, that guy is good. He's very good. That guy is really, really good. He's just not big. And I think it, it, he should have got a win somehow. He could have surprised him or something. Yeah, I they, think he's kind of getting over. He's getting over better than that Holland Ridge is. I think. Yeah, Ridge Holland. I don't think I, Holland. I don't think. I don't think Holland Ridge could get over if you took him over a mountain and threw him off. I mean, Sheamus is over, and I guess they're wanting those guys to get over because of Sheamus. But I do think that Pete Dunn, what's his name here, Butch. Yeah, I think he got over. I, he got over a lot tonight. I like him. I do. I, there, There's a there lot are, you can do with that guy. Yes, I agree. I think there are things that I I liked about this tonight. I had no problem with him getting pissed off and attacking a security guard. I mean, that's nothing that we haven't seen guys like Brock Lesnar do before. But it's the the pouting and the scrappy do bouncing around and the, there's it, and in Michael Cole putting the the you know calling him a uh, pretentious brat or this, that, and the other thing that doesn't help him get over on. That the doesn't up. help at all. A, a petulant, they, a petulant child. A that's petulant what he called child. It. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That, yeah, that look, doesn't, that doesn't help him at all. No. It, it, I mean, if you could just say he, he has anger issues, that's one thing, but a petulant child. Yeah. I mean, that like, makes him like a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's pouting. Like they literally, he lost the match last week and they placed him up top on the turnbuckle and let him sit there and pout. And then he ran off and they're like, Oh, we've lost Butch. Like we lost our child at the zoo or some BS like that. There are certain aspects of this that I wish they would shy away from. Cause he's already got the anchor tied around his ankles with the name change uh, because they gave him a really dumb singular name when they really could have given him something at least closer to what his other name used to be. Like Raquel Gonzalez turning to Raquel Rodriguez, not that big of a change. She hit the name change uh, lottery in my, in, in my book, uh, as far as everybody else who's come over and had their names uh, uh, tampered with. But uh, yeah, I think there are things that I like about what they're doing, SB3. It's still Pete Dunn in the ring, but I mean, they, they got to fix them. They got to clean some stuff up with him. I'm over this. I'm totally over this because I came up with a better and dumb name than they did. <laughs> if you're gonna call it, if you call it Colin Butch, why couldn't you just call him Bruiser? That was his. He was the Bruiser yeah. weight in in NXT. Why couldn't he have just been Bruiser? If you're gonna give him a dumb one name, should have been something closer to what he already exactly. was being known as. So, yeah, the the name doesn't work. Why didn't they did. keep? Why didn't they keep Pete Dunn? 
Well, they I know they he have, may have a different character. I know that, but they've they've now have an edict that you can't use any names that you used on the independent scene, and you can't use your real first name. So he hit yeah. the double whammy because he used Pete Dunn on the independent scene, and his first name is Peter. So they had to change it in their mind. That's Vince's new edict that nobody can use their real name because they want to own the name. That, so that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, it does make sense, I guess, business wise. But putting those, I don't, I, don't get me started. <laughs> I, I did. I did like the match, though. I, I think that yeah. him and Xavier Woods work well with each other, yeah. and I love Xavier Woods using a small package as the backwoods. And yeah. Pat McAfee's call is hilarious, saying that it's lit and that it's an easy roll up. <laughs> he was getting in all the, question, the, all the entendres. And do you guys like Xavier Woods using uh, a small package as a finisher? It's just it's just a go to finisher. Is what it is. Yeah. It just, I mean, just catch him coming off and surprise him, just roll him up, boom, and then he hit the floor. I mean this he, is what I don't like. When they hit the floor, they were laughing at him. That doesn't help him either. At least if you're gonna take him, he almost he almost beat him. So why would you start laughing at somebody? Because when he almost beat you, it's almost like adding insult to injury. Now nobody's gonna I mean, if they want him to be taken seriously. Because if I'm going to go out there and beat a guy, I want to beat a guy who was competitive. So when I when I would get out of the ring, I would look at him like, hey, you give me a hell of a fight, buddy. But we're dealing with WWE here, guys. We're dealing with a different animal. So critiquing them is like talking to a tree. They're not hearing you. They're not hearing the fans either. Maybe Butch is so bad, but I kind of like Bruiser Dunn. You know, as 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 TW brings up here, Bruiser Dunn would have been much just, much better, much better. And that's all oh, you can't do that because Bruiser Bruce, uh, Bruce Brody, right? Yeah, they, and I get I, sue you, right? But like something like <laughs> this. the problem isn't the name changes. All right, if you're gonna change the names because you want to own them, that's one thing. That's fine. It's the fact that the most of the names suck, right? Like that they're not that good. My God, that'd be an improvement if they just sucked. What was the what was they're the name uh, said that they're uh, reportedly changing Kaylee Ray to? Uh, Alba Fire. Alba Fire. Yes. Yeah. Kaylee Ray to Alba changing. Fire. Kaylee Ray's an NXT superstar, Dutch. So it's and so and they, he, they're going to change her name to what? Alba. Alpha. Alba. Alba Fire. Alba, Alba. Fire. Yeah. And and I'm 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 gonna tell the fans this once. Stop calling him Pete Dunn because Pete Dunn was a man. Butch is a little boy. He's a petulant child. Apparently, there's a difference. We need to give it up. Stop calling him Pete Dunn because Pete Dunn wouldn't be presented in this way. This is Butch. Butch is a petulant child who Seamus and Ridge Holland can't seem to keep track of. They they have their child in the mall and he keeps getting lost. They have to go to security and let them know that their child just had a temper tantrum and ran off so they can relocate their child. Yeah. He's a if child. He, if, if he attacks the New Day one more time, he's grounded. Remember that. So Pete yes. Dunn is, right. is 28. Butch is six. Uh, another man who had well, his I'm going to give, give him a hint how to follow Pete Dunn. Follow the camera. You see the cameraman going? Follow him, those guys, and 
wherever the camera ends up, that's where Pete is. Well, the problem is they cut the camera angle so many damn times, it's it's very easy to to get lost uh, in, in WWE. Uh, one of the guys who had his name changed recently from Volter to Gunther, uh, he beat the piss out of Teddy Goods, who did not have the goods oh, I love, tonight. I, I love that guy. The, that was his. That was his name. I just called him Jeremiah Jobber. Jeremiah Jobber, Teddy, yeah. not so good. Whatever the hell it was, uh, he got his ass kicked by Gunther. Um, again, they're they're making Gunther look incredibly, incredibly strong by beating up the local talent. The Dutch, you have talked about this in the past. It's a great way to kind of introduce him as this dominant force to the uh, to the new audience. Um, crowd a little quiet for him now. Back to back weeks uh, in a row when he has wrestled. I I hope that. I just hope WWE has some patience with him because Gunther is very, very good and could be a really good, like dominant top level guy, but they just got to get the audience some time to get used to him. They're prepping him right now. So if the people are quiet, they know that guy's not going to beat him. What are they going to yell for anyway? Yeah, that's true. They know, they know he's a job guy. They know he's going to get his ass beat. They just want to enjoy his ass beating. I mean, they're not taking it. He is right. So all they got to do is and when they finally put uh, a guy in there and he is a good opponent for Roman Reigns, a good opponent for Drew McIntyre yep. and a good opponent for uh, Randy Orton. So when you think now you've got a bench a little bit, the bench is starting to take shape a little bit, but you got it. But, but the only heel you got really is, is Roman. He's the only heel you got, right? That's worth it. I mean, that's that's marketable. So if they get Gunther over there, what's his name now? Gunther? Gunther, yep. Gunther. I mean, I love the look. I like his little manager. I like the red outfits they got on. So what if they had him as a Russian right now? Hmm. Well, he's from Austria. He's from Austria, and they got they got him built from it, Germany, it, so it, they can make him from Russia too. Yeah, yeah. It don't matter. They're all packed in there anyway. So, trust me. I wish. I wish they had Rus. I, I bet you they wish they had Rusev right now. I really bet you they wish they had Rusev so they could be doing. Something. Boy, they screwed. They screwed him all up. That's for sure. You won't get any they argument. Took, out of me they that. took all the heat away from him. I mean, it was just, it was almost sad to watch it. And I was there. They didn't know what to do with him. And I told him one day, and I actually got me and Jack two extra pay-per-views because I suggested to one of them one day, I said, why don't you put the All-American against the Russian? Like they'd never thought of that before. I'm thinking... <laughs> Have they not seen right before? No, no shit. I mean, <laughs> what is what is more predictable than the Americans and the Russians going head to head? And they went, wow, that's that's a good idea. I give it to Jamie Noble. And he says, I'm going to suggest that to Mark, the creative meeting. As soon as I got there, he come up to me, he said, they loved it. They loved it. We're going to start it tonight. See? <laughs> And I said, wait a minute, so you hadn't thought of that? He said, no. I says, uh, the writers hadn't thought of it? No. Creative hadn't thought of it? No. Vince? No. I went, if you don't <laughs> think of that, that's not one of, it's, it's a, it's a go-to angle. Well, I mean, was, this was, I don't this know. This was the time that they actually that, had Jal as heels, and y'all turned babyface that way, right? Against, well, against, against him against we Rusev. did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
but we were like still heels, but you know, we were a baby face against him and never beat him. We never beat him. So I said, okay, whatever you want to do, it's your company guys. So I, I, I think the only way is- I could have changed it, it, it if I'd had $4 billion and bought the company. Yeah. Or quit. Uh, that, yeah. That, that certainly would have been, I think that's just further proof that they have the people that they focus on, right? Like their main yeah. event level guys. And then the rest of them, it's like, they don't bother coming up with stuff. They're clueless. Nobody, nobody thought of that because nobody was thinking about what to do with Jack or Rusev. That's why nope. nobody thought about it. And also Vince, the King surgeon, he was the one who came up with Zeb Coulter managing uh, Del Rio. <laughs> you couldn't have got you couldn't got that over in damn a mental hospital where people don't even have to think about it. <laughs> and Vince said, "Do you like this idea? You know." So what am I going to say? <laughs> oh yeah. Did the, uh, hang on. I, let me check. I, 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 yeah, I got paid this week. I love that idea. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just just keep the checks coming and do what you want to do. And um, he, he brought it up. He brought it up at a creative meeting, and one of the creative guys told me, he said, all right, what are we going to do with Zeb and uh, Del Rio? Crickets. Nothing but crickets. But what? Uh, you don't like it? <laughs> and that's when they canceled it. I said, thank God. It was embarrassing, really. I don't know. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Somebody who must be getting a lot of crickets in the uh, creative meetings the last few months is Zia Lee. This is somebody that we have not seen in quite some time. She has had one, yeah, one televised match since she was drafted uh, to SmackDown in October. They did all of these great, wonderful vignettes telling this great backstory about how she's the protector. And we saw her kind of do a couple of run-ins a few times, had that great entrance, a lot of promise there. She completely disappears. And then she shows up for about 35 seconds tonight that says she's there's nobody to protect. She is tired of being the protector. She's all about protecting herself now. And I, I, I guess this was a heel turn, Sid, maybe, possibly. But, you know, it would have been nice had they actually, like, given that protector gimmick a chance booked it on TV at all at this point, why even bring it up? Just change it and move on to something else. I'm, well, I'm didn't she do the run confused. in with uh, Natalia? Yeah. Yeah. That's the match. That's the one match and then that, they, she that she's had. Well, I, I'm going to give her some, I'm going to give her some news. Just go to catering and pick your check up. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Don't say too much in broken Mandarin or whatever it is. Just just say thank you and go on. That's uh, it. I mean, I'm all for her being on the show. I think it was kind of a heel turn and yeah. very confusing because this this company and this show doesn't have a lot of babyface females on it. So it was kind of confusing that they did that. But I guess they want to go in that direction. You got Raquel Rodriguez kind of filling the spot on the babyface side. You got Lacey oh, Evans. I love her. Lacey Evans about to return. She's going to be on the babyface side. So I guess this was a move to kind of even things out. But yeah, they did not build up to this. It was kind of random on this show. Um, 
but I think Desai Lee does have a future in this company if she's given a chance. So yes. I'm willing to wait and see. But I just thought about all the people they've done vignettes or anything like that. You had the Zaylee thing that they never even followed up on. You had Tony Storm vignettes, and we see she's working for the other she, company now. Yeah, um, she left. <laughs> you had vignettes you had vignettes for hit row and they all got fired within a month and so this doesn't make me very optimistic about these lacey evans vignettes after thinking about it yeah yeah i think she'll do good i do i and i uh that ripley girl her and uh Liv, they they split yeah they split on monday well First kept secret in wrestling uh after cody rose returning in wrestlemania that that was uh, that that was going to be happening. Um, and yes, it, I think I, I get why this move is happening because I do think it was kind of necessary to even things out because when you think about it, you got Sasha and Naomi uh, who are baby faces. And then you, yes, Rhonda, Raquel's coming in there. Lacey's coming in there. So they did kind of have to balance things out, but it was just so damn random. But I don't, honestly, I don't care. Baby face, heel, just give me Zia Lee on television, kicking the shit out of people because she can. She's good. Just put her on television. That's all I really ask about that. Uh, there was one backstage segment that I did like uh, tonight, and that was the exchange between McIntyre and Riddle and Orton, kind of reminding people about the history that those two had. Um, and they kind of just let bygones be got bygones, which to me set up the most interesting damn thing that happened on the entire show. And that was Sammy Zayn, who overheard that exchange going to the bloodline. And I really like this because this was like Sammy going to a mob boss asking for a favor. And I'm like, why don't we do this shit more often? Because that would add a, a, a new wrinkle, a new layer to this Roman Reigns character, if he's like, look, I've accomplished everything I need to accomplish, and now he's, like, taking favors and using the Usos as his henchmen to kind of, like, help out the other heels or, hell, even the baby faces on either brand. I mean, I I love the idea of not doing it every week, but occasionally just having people going and paying their respects and acknowledging the tribal chief and then getting a little bit of help from the from the bloodline to do whatever they, they set out to accomplish on the show. I like the possibilities here. But Dutch, as we were talking about before uh, the show, I think this is an avenue to one of two ways. Either it's setting up Roman and Orton or possibly Roman and McIntyre, but I think Randy Orton's the more likely decision here. Well, I was watching it, and I said, well, they, I think I told you before you came on, Sid, that they're kind of working their way toward Orton and Roman. And we were talking about how would we do it. I said... I'd do it cold. You could almost do it cold because Orton doesn't need an introduction. And if he, if he said, I beat the whole dressing room to anybody else out there, have Orton step out. And I think that's at the, the end of the show, and then we'll go from there. I think they'd be a lot. But I think in that, you'd almost have to have Orton come out on top at least once and then let him retake it. He'd have to win that title. See, next week is his 20 years with Raw, right? Yeah. 20 years with uh, – 20 WWE. years on the main roster. Great. Great. So, and I think he doesn't need an introduction. He's over. I mean, he's 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 just over. He always has been over just because he, his daddy was a wrestler, his brother's a wrestler, so – and he grew up in the business, and so he, – and he knows exactly what to do. Said, I think the, the – my, my idea – 
Right. I think the the more likely uh, scenario here is Roman kind of costs RK Bro at WrestleMania Backlash, and that might be the catalyst to set up Roman and Orton after this is all said and done. I actually thought this segment was setting up more Drew and Roman. Uh, I thought that was the well, it, it probably was. It, well, it probably was. Yeah, because but I I'm mean, saying Roman needs a Roman needs an opponent. Yeah, he definitely does. Badly, like, bad. They, they, they have not given us any indication. It's now been what three, four weeks since WrestleMania. There has not been any indication on two shows, two shows in which he's the champion of. We don't know who's in line for his title. We don't know who's the contenders that they're building up. Everybody seems to be busy with other things, but I would think Drew McIntyre is going to win next week in this steel cage match against Sami Zayn, which should be a great matchup. And then that's going to set him up to be the top contender on SmackDown for Roman Reigns. Hopefully we get to that maybe at the next pay-per-view because I don't think they should be building that matchup with two weeks left because we yeah. only got two SmackDowns left before WrestleMania backlash. So I think they should go is with he, either that is Roman Roman on the card. Uh, yeah. There's been rumors, uh, you know, all around that he is going to be on the card and he is going to be on the main event, but it doesn't seem like he is. I mean, it seems like they are more focusing on this tag team title unification and Ronda and Charlotte. One of those matches seem more likely to main event WrestleMania backlash over a Roman Reigns title match that would basically be cold because they only got two more SmackDowns to build it up. And next week's mm-hmm. has already been recorded because they have the UK tour next week uh, and they're not doing SmackDown in the UK. They actually taped it tonight. Which I don't uh, so understand. I don't, I don't get don't it either. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand that move uh, whatsoever. But so uh, you got that going on next week, and then yeah, there's one more live, and then boom, it's WrestleMania Backlash weekend. So you're talking about two weeks to try and build some kind of a match, which is why I think if he is going to get a match, it's going to be Nakamura, which they teased three weeks ago, but have failed to follow up on that now two consecutive weeks. So I don't know if that's the direction that they actually. Uh, uh, want to go um yeah the drew mcintyre Sami Zayn stuff uh tonight like i thought the match was okay it was just more of the same of what we saw last week what i didn't like though and i don't know who produced tonight's match but i don't like the fact that sammy was trying to run from the get-go even though he knew he had help he went and solicited help he had the usos at ringside and he had this ace in the hole, and he's talking backstage about how he needs to beat Drew McIntyre to reclaim his, uh, what did he say? His, uh, I forget respect. what his, his reputation, yeah, his, his reputation, respect. And then immediately as the bell rings, he's trying to run, even though he's got the Usos is kind of like that, that ace in the hole. I would have waited until things finally broke down and the Usos were out and RK bro is out. And, you know, he's now all of a sudden all the lumberjacks are fighting everybody and it's just him and, and Drew McIntyre. That's when I would have had Sami Zayn run. I don't think it made any, any sense whatsoever, Dutch, to have him run from the get-go. Am I? Well, when the, when the Usos kicked, can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Yes. Okay. When the Usos kicked Riddle and Orton, you didn't see him anymore. Yeah, he was. He was already gone. They got up. Who was gone? You're talking no, about. No, they kicked right? him before the. No, Sammy was up in the crowd, I guess. But it, yeah. when when it all broke down, and then the Usos kicked Orton and uh, and Riddle. They went down, but they never got up. 
you never saw them again. I no. didn't. Were they there? They had nothing for them to do anyway. I guess they just left ringside, right? Or they just stayed down. They just stayed down at that point, yeah. Which was weird because uh, all of this ended like four minutes before the show ended. So they just kept like going. And hell, the other thing that I didn't like about this, Sid, is Adam Pierce came out before the match was over. <laughs> Dude, they didn't even, like I said, it was a lame finish on Twitter, but they didn't even really give us a finish to this no. match. Like they booked the match, they hyped it up throughout the whole entire show, and then we didn't even get a finish to it. Like Sammy ran away. Like at least have all the lumberjacks get into the ring to cause like a disqualification before Sammy runs out. It just felt like they didn't know they didn't that, book an ending and they just had sammy do the same thing we've seen twice before now this yeah. is three straight weeks we get the same finish to this matchup and now finally next week like i don't understand how they booked this feud over four weeks like <laughs> with the same finish three times to to you know get us to a steel cage match i guess in their mind that makes sense but i I'm not interested in this match no. anymore now. No, and I bet you uh, I will. I, would, I, would I wouldn't cool have when it started. I will put a cool 20 down on the desk as the first thing that Sammy tries to do as soon as the bell rings is climb the cage next week. Guarantee that's the first thing he does. Uh, John, I don't think that they would book Randy versus Drew and then winner gets Roman at Backlash because Roman or because Randy is already booked uh, for WrestleMania Backlash. So I don't think they're going to. Uh, that doesn't. Do that, that wouldn't make any sense. No, that, no. And, and all that can do is hurt one of them. You don't want yeah. to hurt those. You two top baby faces. Yeah, if you have one have, lose, then you kill you kill the other one. They have made it plain you and clear. Him, they don't help they, you. They don't want Drew to take any type of loss. They've made oh, that none. clear over the last three weeks. None, <laughs> they don't want to do that. None, absolutely. I mean, except for the DQ at at Royal Rumble, like that's just the last even inkling that uh, they wanted him to take an L. Uh, don't don't worry. I'm I'm getting to Sasha and Naomi. Uh, real quick though, we did have that match between Madcap Moss and uh, Angel Garza tonight. I think this. I think ever all the goodwill they had with Madcap Moss is starting to come back down because they're well, not really evolving him at all well you kind of said you know earlier with gunther the fans weren't reacting to him they didn't react to this match either this crowd was just dead <laughs> like this crowd was dead like when on rampage there was points where i thought that crowd was dead but to be fair to that crowd they had seen three hours of wrestling before they yeah. even got to rampage this crowd was this was the first show <laughs> so yeah. we can only imagine how Where next week's show um I mean, I tried to forget it. <laughs> I think, I think, who, who? Where, where were they? Tonight? Somebody was in Albany. Albany. Yeah, that's Albany, where it was. They yes. were in Albany. Somebody was, yeah. in, yes. somebody was in, I don't know. This might be the last somebody. time they ever go back to Albany. They yeah, were dead. They and were this dead is the first of two shows. Next week's show might be even worse, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just warning you. Yeah, at least they take like so they taped tonight earlier in the day. And then as this SmackDown was airing, they were taping next week. So at least they didn't start next week. So like 10 o'clock at night, because then that crowd would be freaking out. Um, but man, look, I like Mad Cat Moss as a worker. I thought this match was a, a really good showcase for him. They could be doing a lot of different things with Angel Garza as well. That dude is an absolute star, and he's got a great and wonderful yep. personality. I wish they would let him showcase that more, but they got to get the damn short shorts and suspenders off of Madcap Moss and let this guy evolve into something else, please. I have one question for Dutch. 
why can't Los Lotharios versus, you know, actual tag teams? Good question. Well, they can. <laughs> why don't creative book them that way? It's all, I don't know. I, I think the Los Lotharios, great team. I mean, those guys are good. But just to use them to, you know, put over Vikings or whatever, I mean, you're losing the value of them. I mean, to me, if you're going to – those Lotharios, they draw women. They draw the girls. They like those guys. So try to make them stars. Don't just make them out there just fodder for whoever – whatever team you want to put over. These, Why are they doing to kiss the girl out there? Isn't that part of the gimmick? A lot of girls said, oh, I wish they'd do it to me or whatever. But I think there's a, there's a lot of upside to that team, and I don't, I don't like the way they're using them. No. But those guys are very, very talented, and you could do something with them and get them over. I mean, seriously, you – when I was at the, the WrestleMania press junket, like seriously, like outside of like a couple other people that were there, because there, there was a bunch of talent there, but Angel Garza was an absolute star of that. Like everybody was raving about how wonderful he was and the just the, the, the guy oozes personality and star power, and they don't yep. show that on television. And it's mind-boggling that they have this guy and they don't just utilize him better. And But we've said that about a number of talent before uh, in the past. But, yeah, man, I think, I don't know. I, I'd like to see them take another kind of direction with Mad Cat Moss and get away from the short shorts and the suspenders. And, and everything like and that I as well. disagree with this comment. Not many tag teams on SmackDown. I counted like four of them in the Lumberjack match. There's the, the New Day. I, I'm sick of the New Day versus Sheamus, Ridge, and and Butch. That, that rivalry's oh. been done since WrestleMania when they lost in two minutes. Move on. Let's move on from that. So the New Day should be in the tag title scene or should be having more matches with Los Atherios. Yes, they had three matches with them already, but I rather that than Los Lotharios just keep losing singles matches. Uh, you got Gender and Shanky. You got yep. the Viking Raiders who are also out there. Like that's four tag teams. You have a tag team division. They just don't use it that way. Correct. Mm-mm. They definitely don't use it the way that they are using the Raw tag team division right now. Maybe that'll change. We can kind of make some fresh matchups once these titles are unified, and then you can have challengers and champions kind of switch shows like they're doing uh, with the women's tag team division, which we will close for the night. Sasha Banks and Naomi. Look, Boston Glow are a lot of fun. This is a team that has a lot of chemistry with one another. Obviously, they're enjoying their time there. But we knew when they went out there tonight, they were going to get interrupted by Natty and uh, Shayna Baszler because they're the only tag team that is left in the women's division. So, okay, fine. I get it. I knew it was coming. We're going to get this match. It's probably going to happen at WrestleMania Backlash. My question is, okay, then what? Because does anybody really think that Shayna and Natty are going to win the tag team titles at WrestleMania Backlash? Because I sure as hell don't. I would have liked to have seen them at least kind of start this week. If you're going to eliminate two tag teams, if you're going to eliminate two tag teams like you did with uh, Queen Zelina and Carmella and then Rhea and Liv, can we also simultaneously maybe start building some other ones up here a little bit? I don't know what their options are because if they beat, if, if, if Boston Glow beats Natty and Shayna at WrestleMania Backlash, the only other options they have at this point are, okay, well, now you're just going to sit there like we have done with the last two women's tag teams until we decided to heat up the division ahead of WrestleMania, or you're just going to keep wrestling Natty and Shayna over and over. And over 
and over again. And neither of those are winning. But games. they, but they haven't done anything in the last year that that actually goes against what we do, we're saying. They do it over and over and over and over. So finally, they use the same people, and you can almost predict the sequence they're going to come out in. They've done, they're just like, well, here's our formula, and this is what we're going to do. So a couple of facts here. One, when Rhea and Nikki were the tag team champions, they spent more time watching John Morrison stretch backstage than actually defending the championships. And two, the last five women's tag team champions broke up. After they dropped the belts, the last five women's tag team champions are no longer teams. That's dating back over a year ago at this point, because they don't have any teams in the division. They did the same thing with Carmella and Queen Zelina. They put the belts on them. They broke up Rhea and Nikki, and then they didn't have anybody to defend the belts against. And they didn't win a damn match. They haven't. They still haven't won. Neither one of them won a damn match since January 3rd. Carmella's on her honeymoon right now, so it's like. Jesus, Dan. <laughs> I think that's the. Mm. Uh, I think that's the closing. Well, uh, we we there. can't solve the we can't solve the women problem tonight. But this is what uh, SmackDown has. They have the resident heel, and that's for Charlotte Flair. Yep. Who's the resident babyface girl? They want it to be Ronda. Ronda. Yeah. I don't think so. Because she she didn't have the personality to be it. She she gets the it. she gets the reaction though. These fans have it turned against her, which makes me makes me right, ladies and gentlemen. I said this before she came back that the reason why people started booing her is because she went against a better baby face. That was the key. You keep her against Charlotte, she's gonna keep getting cheered. So yeah. that's why I think that even after this I quit match, regardless of if Ronda wins or not, they're going right back to this matchup at Hell in a Cell. But what are they going to go back with? And Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. And uh, to this solve... is this is I quit. Yep. And they're going to Hell in a Cell. Yep. This is this is basically them redoing what about this, the scene of Hell feud in... of two thousand nine. What about going to Hell in a handbasket? That, that's good. That would work. Look, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about who could be the, the top baby face on. I, I agree with Steven. I like Raquel a lot. I think she does. I do, have, I do too. I think she does I have do a personality. Too. Um, I got to talk to her it, this week for the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. She, that, she's very likable. Girl. She's tall, right? Six How foot. How tall is she? Six foot. Well, she roughly, looks good. Roughly she two Kayla good. Braxton's uh, is, uh, is what uh, Raquel, <laughs> uh, excuse me, Rodriguez is. Uh, I, Look, I think she's got a chance if they actually. But apparently, her first match is next week, so we finally get to see a match uh, a month uh, after she she made her debut. And I've been saying it on the believer. Well, would, pro she, wrestling. would she get hit with? Would she get hit with a pie in the face? Well, let's hope not. Let's like hope Tony's, not. We want, like we want her Storm. to. We want her to stay. But I, to solve this tag team issue, I've been saying it on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. I'll say it here. Liv Morgan and Alexa Bliss. They need something for Alexa Bliss. Liv Morgan's going to need something when she's done feuding with Rhea Ripley. Yep. Put yep. them together. That's a great babyface or heel tag team, whichever, whichever way they want to go with it. I, I think you could also make a very easy uh, move and bring up Dakota Kai and 
reunite her with Raquel Rodriguez, but apparently I think they want to push Rodriguez as a single star. So I don't think that they will do that, but they very easily could uh, do that. Uh, as of what's for le left for Liv Morgan, here's what I think is going to happen. I think she's going to have a match with Rhea Ripley, probably at WrestleMania backlash. She will lose to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania backlash. And then, yeah, that's what Sid just laid out. She will be put in another random tag team because she is not high up on the pecking order. Uh, on, I mean, even the list now, internally, now who, Sean who, Ross. Who, yeah. Who are you talking about right now? Liv Morgan. The, what's going to happen? Liv Morgan. What's, okay. What's next for Liv Morgan? And you could say she's a top baby face now, but I mean, they did not have her listed internally on the Sean Ross at the rundown sheet. They did not have her listed as a top three baby face on that roster. Maybe she's number three now that Rhea Ripley has flipped heel, but. She, I, I agree. With she should be booked like one, but well, who's the number? Who's who's the number one girl on the babyface list on Raw? I know Alexa Bliss. Ronda Bianca is Bianca. Bianca's number one. Bianca's number two. Okay. Rhea was number three, but Rhea just turned a heel. I don't know who was number four on that list. My guess it would be Liv Morgan, but they have not shown any indication that they they have plans for her. I mean, maybe it's because I just did a list over on WrestleTalk.com, the top 10 best baby faces in WWE. And spoiler alert, Liv Morgan didn't make that list. She made the honorable mentions, but I don't view her as one of the top baby faces, even out of the women. I think Bianca Belair is way ahead of her. I think Sasha Banks is way ahead of her. I think Naomi definitely is way ahead of her. So I'm sorry. I mean, yes. Liv is well liked by the crowd. She's got that going for her. But yeah, but she doesn't get a big pop every single place she goes. Like Naomi's entrance, she she is one that she gets a reaction wherever she's at, and regardless of her place on the card, Naomi is a better baby face in the ring from reaction. And as far as her longevity as well, I think Naomi is ahead of her. Uh, whatever they do with Liv Morgan, I just hope that she gets a uh, some solid creative footing because that is one thing that she has desperately needed for years uh, that she has not gotten. Sid, you got your show tomorrow. I'll tell them where you can find it and all that good stuff. Yes, check out True Hill Heat 172. We're going live at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. It's going to be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and special guest Casty Haynes of Bodyslam.net. We're going to be talking about WWE being interested in FTR, Kushida leaving WWE and going back to New Japan, of course, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door, and much, much more. So go over, subscribe, and check us out, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. Not the worst, uh, worst suggestion I've seen from John here. Liv and Bailey that, that, that could, I think Bailey could be a great addition to the tag team division with a lot of different people. I've seen people throw out the idea of putting Becky and Bailey together. You could sign me up for that, but I think I would rather see those two feud with one another. Uh, and I do hope that they bring Bailey back as a, uh, as a baby face. Uh, so she would probably become the number two baby face on raw. If she does come back on raw, but I think she's needed on SmackDown. Dutch, what you got going on? Well, I do this thing with uh, John Pozorowski, and we're doing just a, we take fans' questions, we do it on Facebook, and it doesn't cost you anything, so we answer questions, so we do that once a week, and you can follow me on uh, Dirty D Mantel on Twitter, and I'll post it there, our Dutch Mantel on Facebook, and if you want to write me Dirty uh, Dutch Mantel at Gmail, and usually I answer because nobody writes me anyway, so I'll answer <laughs> the 
I, I answer the three emails I get. So, but anyway, uh, that's about all I got. And I'm going to do go to, and I talked about, I don't know if I talked about it last week, May 14th in St. Louis, the Bruiser Brody tribute show. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be there in St. St. Louis doors, uh, meet and greet start at six and uh, general mission at seven and the show starts at eight. I'll be there. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, again, you can uh, check out Sid and myself on the believe in pro wrestling podcast. Monday through Thursday, we got new episodes four days a week that drop at 7 a.m. Uh, check us out on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. iHeart, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're available everywhere that you can get your podcast. That is B-L-E-A-V in pro wrestling. Check us out on the YouTube channel. Did get a chance to talk with Raquel Rodriguez. As I mentioned earlier, that interview is up in its entirety up on the page like share subscribe thank you guys very much uh for all the support for sid for dutch we'll be back next week 1105 smack talk please for the love of god hopefully this tape show is better we'll be here regardless enjoy your weekend everybody you've been you've been watching smack talk and sports Kingdom wrestling YouTube, Twitter, facebook all that have a great weekend we've been